Our passage this morning is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 14 through 23. Hear the word of the Lord. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, and be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You may be seated. What are you thankful for? Common for us to ask either ourselves, our children, or each other. It's a simple question. If it isn't common, it probably should be. Well, everyone can things to think of things to be thankful for. Uh, children seem to make that pretty easy. Now, here's some things that a group of four-year-olds were thankful for this year. I got them off some posters at a daycare where they listed what each of the children answered and said what they were thankful for. Sam is thankful for football games. Noah is thankful for hotels. Xavier is thankful for toys. Jackson is thankful for cars. Leo is thankful for Elvis. Christian is thankful for dump trucks, while Easton is thankful for monster trucks. Kara is thankful for my trampoline. Stella is thankful for glue and glitter. Lizzie is thankful for Claire. And Claire is thankful for Mommy and Daddy. And we usually try to think deeper or broader than that, maybe try to be a little more profound as we think about what to be thankful for, but really that childlike simplicity is correct, isn't it? This weekend is traditionally known as Thanksgiving weekend. For many, it began with travel on Wednesday to gather with friends or family. Others, it began on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day itself, with all kinds of traditions and festivities. Many had Thursday off from work. Some had Friday also. Those who are working in retail, the weekend is a very tiring and stressful weekend. According to Webster's 1828 Dictionary, thanks means an expression of gratitude, an acknowledgement made to express a sense of favor or kindness received. And thanksgiving, in turn, means rendering thanks for good received. So, thanks is gratitude that we feel inwardly, and thanksgiving is an outward expression of that gratitude. Giving thanks and having thanksgiving are not things that exist in a vacuum or somehow mysterious or unknown to us, we do inherently know that we should have thanksgiving. In fact, this is something that we teach our children at a very young age, to say thank you. Thanksgiving Day itself is not unique American history. It's not a unique American holiday, uh, but it has been an American tradition since the pilgrims first called together a big feast for a day of thanksgiving 
1621. Over 100 years later, President George Washington, the first president in his first term of office, called for a day of national thanksgiving in 1789. Other presidents after that have called for days of thanksgiving. It wasn't until 1941 that the fourth Thursday in November was named an official federal holiday for a day of thanksgiving. So most people recognize and acknowledge that Thanksgiving Day is the day for us to be thankful. It doesn't matter if you're a believer or an unbeliever. Everybody knows that that's what the day of Thanksgiving is all about. Listen to a proclamation, a portion of a proclamation, made by the president in 2018. And this is not typical, but notice who he is directing us to give thanks to. We are especially reminded on Thanksgiving of how the virtue of gratitude enables us to recognize, even in adverse situations, the love of God in every person, every creature, and throughout nature. Let us be mindful of the reasons we are grateful for our lives, for those around us, and for our communities. We also commit to treating all with charity and mutual respect, spreading the spirit of Thanksgiving throughout our country and across the world. Now, therefore, I, Donald J. Trump, President of the United States of America, by virtue of the authority vested in me by the Constitution and laws of the United States, do hereby proclaim Thursday, November 22, 2018, as a National Day of Thanksgiving. I encourage all Americans to gather in homes and places of worship to offer a prayer of thanks to God for our many blessings. It is not our own power that we exist the way that we do. It's through God and his decrees. And for that, we should be thankful to God. So when should we be thankful? Now, we, Obviously, the annual reminder for us to be thankful on Thanksgiving Day is good. But when specifically should a believer be thankful? Should it require a special holiday event? I mean, do we only do this when we have a special event? That's when we should remember to be thankful? Should it be just when we say a blessing for our meals? How about during our daily devotions? Should it be when we gather on Sundays or Wednesday night? Well, obviously, I hope that you're seeing where I'm going here, it should be all those times. It should be all of those times. But if every breath that you take is only possible because of God's benevolent mercy and love, when should we thank Him? So in 1 Thessalonians 5, our passage for today, the act of thankfulness is commanded by God. This passage is Paul's final instructions in his first letter to the church at Thessalonica, in which he summarizes the behaviors of, that Christians are to have in the most basic terms. In fact, it's pretty common for us to quote one or two of these verses as a standalone because they're so basic. What's the one that you hear everybody quote the most in that passage we read today? Pray without ceasing. Right? Pray without ceasing. When are you to pray? Without ceasing. When does that mean? All the time. Right? How about rejoice evermore? You don't hear that one quoted as often, do you? And yet, it's still a command right before pray without ceasing for us to rejoice all the time. Except there is a clause, right? It says rejoice evermore except when things are going badly. Pray without ceasing except when things are going good? No, those things aren't there, are they? They're not there. Let's back up a few chapters to chapter 3 
and see how Paul describes what is happening at the church of Thessalonica. In verses 3 and 4 of chapter 3, Paul says that no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, and you know. And yet, in chapter 5, 18, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This church was in affliction and tribulation, and yet Paul reminds them that in everything, give thanks. Even in the difficult times. So obviously, we too must be thankful in good times or bad times. Verse 16, as I mentioned, commands us to rejoice evermore. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. But note that these commands are followed immediately by the command to give thanks. So this is something we often kind of confuse, don't we? Should our thoughts and prayers be only about that which we want to see accomplished? If, if we're commanded to pray without ceasing, should we be praying just about things that we are burdened in our heart about? Or should it be, as 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says, should it include thanks? That's what it says. Pray without ceasing, and yet give thanks. During that. Also note in this passage, it's, only, it's the only command. So you see all these other commands listed, the ones I've pointed out and others, but it is the only command that specifically says that it is the will of God in Christ Jesus that we are thankful for everything. The scriptures give us a lot of examples and commands on when to be thankful. I asked the question, but let's see what the scriptures actually say. Let's see some examples of when we're to be thankful. Psalm 100 reminds us that when we come to worship, we must do so with thanksgiving. This is probably a psalm that many of us recognize. Psalm 100, chapter, I'm sorry, 100 verse 1 starts with a psalm of praise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. So when we come into his gates, we come to worship him, we are to do so with thanksgiving. There's many other passages that talk about, give the command for us to be thankful at all times, not just in worship. Here's a few. Hebrews 13, 15, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Okay, that kind of answers my entire question right there in one verse, doesn't it? How often are we supposed to give God thanks? Continually. Hebrews 13, 15. Psalm 97, 12, Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Psalm 119.62, at midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. Mark 8.6, and he commanded the people to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks. And break, 
and gave to his disciples to set before them, and they did set them before the people. Daniel 6.10, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God as he did aforetime. Just as showing thankfulness is the mark of a believer, not showing thankfulness to God is a sign of an unrighteous man. Romans 1 18 through 22. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Thankfulness does not end with this life. The vision that John witnessed of heaven shows that we will continue to offer thanks to God in Revelation chapter 9. Verse 9 begins with, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations, and kindreds, and people, and tongues, stood before the throne, and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders, and the four beasts, and fell upon the throne on their faces, and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing, and glory, and wisdom, and thanksgiving." and honor, and power, and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Paul explains to the Colossians how they should act toward each other. He gives us these words about being thankful to God. Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So verse 17 there says, whatsoever you do in word or deed. There's really no clarification needed. We're to do all in the name of Christ, giving thanks to God the Father. Sometimes another challenge that we face is remembering to be thankful to others. We often ignore what others do to make our lives easier. It is common for us to forget those that help us indirectly, whether it's at church, whether it's at work, whether it's at school, whether it's home, especially for those that, are, that serve us behind the scenes. Obviously, we see the clear command of God to be thankful for everything, then we should recognize what others are doing for us and be thankful as well. So if we're going to be thankful, when should we do that? Is that just Thanksgiving Day also? No. It's all the time. What should we be thankful for? So if we've established that we should be thankful all the time, for what should we be thankful? It's, for all intents, impossible 
to miss the consistent message of the Old and the New Testament that thanks is due to God and that thanks is continuous. But what are we thankful for? What should that thankfulness be for? Well, this isn't left to our imagination either. Scripture is very clear on this particular point. We begin by recognizing that we are all that we have, all the bad that could be upon us is only the way it is because God in his mercy has decreed it so. All the disasters, the tragedies, the horrible events that seem to be a continuous stream in the news media should be a real and a present reminder that God is sovereign. That all those things aren't happening to you is a reason to be thankful. Psalm 136, verses 1 through 3. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. Now, some Christians, I'm tempted to do the hash marks there. Some Christians, quote unquote, today say that we should be thankful for Christ's death because it shows the value that God puts on our lives. But the foundation of that gratitude is based on us, not God. It's based on a self-centered focus of how much we are worth, not the fact that we deserve eternal punishment instead of mercy. God does not place such a value on your life for you being a sinner. It's his mercy that gives you this. It's his mercy that caused Christ to be crucified. It would also be the height of hypocrisy for us to claim that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior and then to live the rest of our life as if God owes us anything. Prosperity gospel. God does not owe us anything. Nothing. Repentance includes, by necessity, a recognition of our unworthiness, a humbling of our hearts and our minds before the righteous wrath of God. Although our position in God's eyes is highly favored and pure because of Christ's work, we still owe him everything, every breath, every thought, every act. Our culture tells us the exact opposite. It says that life is about what you can make of it, it's what you want, it's what you can get. But as believers, we must reject the self-centered direction of our culture. In 1 Chronicles 16, David is writing after the defeat of the Philistines and the return of the Ark of the Covenant. In verses 8 and 9, he says, Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of his wondrous works. And then in verses 34 and 35, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And say ye, save us, O God, of our salvation, and gather us together, and deliver us from the heathen, so that we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory and thy praise. Our thanksgiving is not just reserved for his blessings. It should be all of life, the good and the bad. Philippians 4. Verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 3. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks 
be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. That's a convicting passage. Remember when this was written. When the Roman government and the Jewish religious leaders were both working to persecute Christians. Yet the Roman believers are commanded to give thanks for and pray for all men, including their leaders. Now just be honest with yourself. When you see a political leader that you disagree with, do you start by giving thanks for them? Because that's what we're commanded to do. And then to pray for them. Isn't it kind of often that we find ourselves praying that God would open their eyes, would save them, would cause them to act righteously as a leader, but we don't start by having thanks about them? And yet, 1 Timothy 2, we're commanded to do this. In fact, what this verse says, these passage, this passage says, is that these verses, they explain a good government will result with us having a quiet and peaceable life. Now we see this in a few places, right? Good government will result in us having a quiet and a peaceable life. But that begins with us praying and giving thanks for our leaders. Isn't it true that often we find ourselves praying when they're about to make a decision we disagree with? How often are we thankful for them and then pray for them, the good and the bad? Our thanksgiving should be for all his creation and power. Psalm 95, 1 and 2. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Well, why are we to come before him with thanksgiving? Well, it continues. Psalm 95, verses 3 through 7. For the Lord is... So let me just go back a verse just to make sure you're catching it here. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice. Now, God also instructs us to do things that will help others to be thankful. He instructs us to do things that will help others be thankful. For example, I'm going to read a passage that commands us to be a good givers. Not only because God commands it and blesses our giving, but because it causes others to be thankful. Listen to this passage in 2 Corinthians Chapter 9, verses 10 through 12. Now ye that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruit of your righteousness. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. So you're blessed, that causes us to be thankful to God. Verse 12. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. So you, from the produce that you receive, 
from the growth that you have, you provide it to other believers, and that causes them to be thankful. You're thankful, and then they're thankful. Our thanksgiving should recognize our, our future as the redeemed. Also, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, and the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God. Well, what a tremendous blessing. That alone is worthy of our endless thanksgiving and praise. That alone, just that. God's word tells us we should be thankful at all times and for everything, good or bad. Psalm 69, 29, and 30. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set me on high. I will praise the name of God with a song, and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. The psalmist is poor and sorrowful, but all he still praises God and magnifies him with thanksgiving. How thankful are we when we have struggles? When we face challenges, are we thankful for them? Do we see that God's working in all things, trust that he is sovereign? Let's look at one more passage regarding when to be thankful and an example of some that received a great gift but had no gratitude for them. It was about themselves. And I'm sure you'll recognize this passage. Luke 17, verse 12 begins. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise and go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. We are continuously challenged to live the Christian life as God word, God's Word tells us that we should. You don't have to be a Christian for very long, maybe no time at all, to recognize that the flesh is constantly fighting against our desire to follow God's Word, to obey Him. Let's not excuse ourselves when we're not thankful. Let the recognition of our unthankfulness push us to more fulfilling lives for Christ by following all his commands for believers, which includes being continuously thankful. Let's pray.